0: When we talk about old, and that's our chart now, off of the old and on the new, when we talk about old and new from a Bible perspective, we're talking about an Old Testament and a New Testament. Now, the, the Jewish people, even today, do not acknowledge an Old Testament. Christians acknowledge both. We acknowledge that there is an Old Testament and a New Testament. And as a matter of fact, as you read in the scriptures, in the New Testament in particular, you read that there was going to be a New Testament opposed to the Old, because the Old Testament was a law written in stone, in tables of stone. Now we know what that was. That was the Ten Commandments given on the Mount uh, Sinai. The New Testament, however, is written on the heart. And that's found for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14. When Jesus was on this earth, he didn't talk about a new and old testament, but he did just before he died, he had what we call the Lord's Supper, which we observe this morning. And he said when he when he passed the cup, which is unfermented fruit of the vine, grape juice, he said, This is the New Testament in my blood. So now he's talking about a New Testament. And in first uh, Corinthians chapter. 11 at verse 25 when the early church was partaking of the lord's supper they were calling this also the new testament in his blood and hebrews the writer of hebrews talks about it being the new testament so what we have are 27 books that we call in our bible that we call the new testament and it's also called the gospel and that's an interesting word because the word gospel means good news. Good news. It's always good to have some good news. The, if, if you talk to an individual of the Jewish persuasion that rejects the New Testament, they don't call their books, the 39 books in the Bible, they, they don't call them the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, they resent that, that you call them that. They call the, their books the Tanakh. And that's taken from, from three different words. And these three different words are represented by uh, some, some uh, consonants. And the first, the first two, the T, T-A, if you were to read this, the, the uh, Hebrew actually didn't have any uh, vowels. They just had consonants. But, the, but in, in getting that word, which means they're, they're books, the, the, the 39 books that we call the Old Testament. They call it the Tanakh. And the, the T-A means the teachings, which would be the law, the law of Moses, etc. And then the, the N-E stood for the Nephonim or the prophets. And then the K-H stood for the writings, like Job and Psalms and Proverbs and so forth. So they, they call that the Torah. So when they're talking about their Bible... They're talking about the Torah, or they're talking about the 39 books. And when we talk about the 39 books, we call them the Old Testament, Old and New. Now, our text this morning had to do with putting off the Old and putting on the New. That doesn't mean that we dispose of the Old Testament and only cling to the New Testament. But does mean that the, the New Testament applies to us in our lives. And what God expects for us. And what we have come to anticipate with, with great anticipation. And that's, that's the, the gospel or the good news that's before us. Now the Bible says that we put off and put on. And humanity has reached the point and has always been there. That we lack to have a, a new start. We like to have change. We like to we like to put off old and put on new. We we do. The month of January is from taken from the uh, the Roman god Janus, Roman Greek god. And that's the god that had two faces looking backwards and looking forwards. So January is the the month that looks back and looks forward. So we're looking back at the old basically that's what we we intend to mean by that, and we're looking forward to the new. What we're actually saying is, we would like to do something different. We'd like to make some changes in our lives. Isn't that correct? So, the 1st of January, we usually hear people talking about, let's make some resolutions. Let's do some new things. Let's, let's get rid of some old things. And in those resolutions, we sometimes make a list and say, okay, I want to change. I want to make a change. I want to tell you, before we get started here, I know everyone in this audience wants to make a change in your life of some nature. You want to make a change. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. And I want to tell you that there's power for you to change. And I want to show you what that power is in just a minute. But generally... When we come to January the 1st, Civilized Society says, Okay, let's make a list of resolutions. Now watch this. During the week, I I submit some charts to Kathy Kearns, and she makes some charts for me. And then on Sunday morning, John gives me a little pointer, a little remote, and I can point up at the chart and change it. You've seen me try to do that. Today I'm going to point to Ron and say, Ron, change it for me because I I forgot the changer. I think I may have taken it home with me. So will you change the chart for me, Ron, and let's look at this. New Year's Resolutions. In in the nineteen eighties there was a there was a a film, a movie, and it was called Airplane. <clears throat> I don't know how many of you can remember that movie called Airplane, but it was a it was one of the most popular movies That was made in the 80s. And it had a couple of very popular actors in it. One was Lloyd Bridges, and the other was Leslie Nielsen. Really. And the airplane, the the scene was that there was an airplane full of passengers that could not land, was having trouble landing because they were having trouble with the airplane and with some of the pilots. And on the ground, Lord Bridges was the manager of the airport, and he was in charge of everything and Some of the most memorable scenes in that was that Lord bridges was in un, under such pressure that he made some some uh, remarkable statements that, that we just uh, rem, memorial remem, memorial statements <laughs> anyway he was under such pressure that he came, he came in where they were, they were trying to get the plane down. He came into the control tower, and he pulled out a cigarette, and he said, this isn't a good week to quit smoking. And so as the scene went on and things got more tense, he pulled out a, a tube of glue, and he said, this, this is not a good week to quit sniffing glue. So, and then after a while, he pulled out some pills, and he said, this, this, is, this isn't a good week to quit amphetamines. Anyway, the point is, we make resolutions and say, I'm going to change this. And then we get under pressure, and what do we do? We don't change it. We say, well, okay, and I used to make resolutions too, I used to make lists. Number one, I'm going to be nicer to my sister. Have you ever said that? Nicer to my little brother? I'm going to be more patient. I'm not going to lose my temper as quickly. I'm going to eat less. I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to stop smoking maybe. I'm going to quit alcohol and drugs. I'm I'm going to read a book. I'm going to hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. So we make all these resolutions. And and a a, uh, survey said that When you make a resolution, 46% of the population who makes a resolution will be able to keep it. 54% will not. Now, if you make several resolutions, you you can see that this thing compounds itself. Those who do not make resolutions, only 4% of the population will make any change at all in their habits and life. So... If you don't make a resolution resolution at all, you're probably not going to do anything. What we're talking about, what I want to talk about with you today is that I know you want to make a change in your life. I know that. I I want to make changes in my life too. I'm not always happy with Bill. And I'm sure you're not always happy with yourself. We want to make changes. But to find the strength and to get through the time when we really get under pressure and make that change That's where the rub comes. How do we get that done? In the book of Jeremiah 13, verse 23, going back to the Old Testament, Jeremiah said, can the Ethiopian change his skin? Can the leopard change his spots? Even so can you, who are accustomed to doing evil, not change your ways. You can't change your ways. We can't change You know what? When Jesus came, the good news was, and here's what the good news was. We sometimes don't don't get it. The good news was, you can change. That was the good news. There is a way for you to be saved, and there's a way for you to be a better person than you were before. That's the good news. That's why the gospel is called that. And you know what Paul said? He said, I can do all things. Now, here's the point. You can't do it by yourself. It's not possible for you to make a change in your life by yourself. That's what Jeremiah was talking about. The Ethiopian can't change his skin. You can't change the color of your skin. Impossible. But there is someone who can change you. And that someone's name is Jesus of Nazareth. He can actually change you. He can he can make the change that you want. Now you say, well, does everybody know about Jesus? Well, certainly they do. Paul said it very early in his, his ministry. He said, He said, have they, have they not all heard? Yea, verily, their word has gone out to the ends of the world. The gospel has been preached. The gospel has been preached. You know about Jesus. You know about Him. And the point is, That when you know about Him, you have the ability to make life-changing changes, radical changes in your life. Now the question I have for you is, do you believe that Jesus can change your life? Do you believe that? Do you believe that He has the power to change your life? Even when you get to the point where you say, I can't do it anymore... Do you believe that you have the power inserted in your life through Jesus Christ to actually make that change come about? There's the the rub, isn't it? Can you become a better person in 2020 than you were in 2019? Can you have better thoughts? Can you clean up your language? Can you change your habits? Can you have better habits? Can you have better character? Now that is where the power has to come from, and that power is called faith. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, if you don't believe that he can change you, he can't. You have to believe. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You can't see it, but brother and sister, you can feel it. You feel it in your heart. That's where faith lives. In your heart. And that's the power of God. It's the power exercised through the gospel. In John chapter 3.16, we've heard it all of our lives. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes on Him should not perish. What's He talking about, perish? Well, you just keep getting deeper and deeper and more and more mired down in the swamp of sin until Jesus comes along and grabs you by the nape of your neck when you say lord i believe and he jerks you out of that mud and stands you up and he washes you off he cleanses you and sets you on your feet and says i'm going to make you a better person he can make you a better person now i know that's sometimes tough to think that he can he can give me better character he can be he can give me a Uh, better habits he can cleanse my language he can take care of all these things he can get my thoughts going in the right direction now in Mark Mark chapter 16 verse 15 and 16 going into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved what's he talking about shall be saved he's talking about changing you that's what he's talking about getting you changed making you a different person giving you character what you say well really and I say really if it had not been for Jesus Christ can you imagine what this world would be like right now hundreds of millions of people have committed their lives their hearts to Jesus Christ and it has literally changed the world without Jesus the world doesn't change with Jesus and his faith in Jesus the world changes and you know how the world changes by changing you you now knowing what to do and being able to do it <laughs> are different isn't it, it's a different thing you say well I know it's not good for me to smoke so I'm going to quit people are making hundreds of millions of dollars off of products that will help you stop smoking Why? you know what they know you can't do it. They know that. They're, that company's going to be in business forever because you can't do it. You can't make that change. Some people will, some won't. Same same thing with alcohol and drugs. They just keep, keep mounting all the money and so forth, pouring in. Why? Because you're not going to quit drinking. You're not going to get sober. By the way, if you don't know it, there's a movement going on in this country and other places as well called uh, Sober... Let me see if I can remember the name of it. Sober what? Curious. Sober curious. I told my daughter about this. Sober curious. Look it up on the internet. There are people who are recognizing the, the damage that alcohol is doing and they're saying, here's something you can do to help you get out of it. Okay. Well, the the problem is... When we get to the point when we want to change our life and, and make a change in what we're doing, in our habits, we don't have the power to do it. We don't have the power to do it. If we're depending on ourselves or on other people to help us, it's it's not going to work. The uh, the harm that we can see in sin, you should know the truth, the truth should make you free. The harm we we can see in sin and the harm that it's doing to us is... is uh, obvious it's obvious to all of us and we don't need to be taught what's right and wrong basically do we so the problem is not do we know that this is harmful do i know that smoking is harmful yes what does that what difference does that make because that doesn't give me the strength i need to quit smoking or drinking or taking drugs or whatever it may be what i need is I i need some power to overcome some of these things. I need the power to uh, not be a bully. Do I know that it's right or wrong to be a bully? Think about this with me just a minute. It's not a matter of intelligence. It's not a matter of whether I can figure it out or not. It's not a matter of whether or not I know it's right or wrong to be selfish. I know that's wrong, don't you? Sure. To be inconsiderate, to be thoughtless of others, to slander people, to, to impact others badly, to steal. Do I know that it's wrong to, to lie and to cheat and to cause harm to other people? Sure I know that. I know that. That's not the problem. Now, how do I change my habit? How do I change not lying? How do I change not stealing? How do I change not, not slandering other people? These, my friends, are issues of the heart. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avail anything, Paul said, but faith that works by love. And you know where love exists? It's a heart issue. It's not a head issue. I know right from wrong. You do too. But we need to be able to find some way, some power within us that reaches our heart and says, okay, here's where I can feel the power that will lift me above these problems. And make me change. Here's how I'm going to change. I want to change from being something I don't want to be to being something I want to be. And there's where we have to figure out how do we get the power to do that. You say, well, maybe I can get a friend that will help me. Maybe my parents will help me. Maybe my children will help me. Somebody help me. Somebody is ready to help you. Jesus. Now, you say, yeah, but... I want somebody I want somebody closer than that. You can't get anybody closer than Jesus. Open your heart. Now the only way you can feel the power is through the word. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. So you need to open your heart to the Word, to the to the Word of God. Let let the Word come in. Let the Word let the Spirit of God flow in. And then let Jesus give you the power, the energy to make the change. He can give you the power to propel you past your environment. It's hard sometimes for a person to, to have character when they're around people that have no character. It's hard to have good character when you're associating with people with bad character. If you lay down with dogs, you're going to have fleas. You've heard that. But still, Jesus can lift you above that. He can give you the power. Now, I'm going to keep coming back to this. You have to believe that. If you don't believe that, it's not going to happen. You have to believe. You have to turn your heart over to Jesus and say, Lord, I know you can help me do this. I know you can keep me from doing that. Lord, I know you are alive. I know you have resurrected. And I know you're present. And I know you can come into my heart. And you can give me the life that I need. If you don't believe that, friend, it's not going to happen. But if you believe that, you're going to get the power. You're going to feel the power. You're going to feel the power to help you stand up against peer pressure. You're going to have the power to keep strength when you feel weak. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You're going to have the power to chase away the darkness and turn on the light. You're going to have the power to get back on your feet when you stumble and when you, when you trip. You'll feel the power. You're going to have the power to chase away the demons out of your life and hold the nightmares at bay. You're going to have the power to face tomorrow with courage and conviction when today feels like it's collapsed all around you. You'll feel that power. You're going to have to feel the power in your life to feel the spark that will start the fire again that has gone out in your faith you'll feel that power you're going to have the power to put your life in the hands of someone who loves you and cares for you and will help you you know who that power is? Jesus Christ I used to work for PG&E have you ever heard of PG&E in California? Pacific Gas and Electric. And I used to, I worked in the electrical department, and uh, I, was, I wasn't very high on the totem pole. I did all the grunt work. But we would, sometimes we would go up to what we call the power plant, a big place where the, where the energy was being made. The plant was producing the power and then putting it on the lines and sending it out in, into the community. The power plant. You know where your power plant is? It's in your heart. And you know who's there generating the energy you need? It's Jesus of Nazareth. He's our power plant. He's our energy. He's our spark. He's our light. And He's our hope. If you believe on Him with all of your heart, and that's what Philip told the eunuch when he was in the desert with him and he got up in the chariot and the eunuch was reading the Old Testament. And the eunuch said, Hey, Who's this guy talking Who's he talking about? Of himself or some other man? And Philip began to preach unto him Jesus. And the man came to water and he said, Hey, here's water. What does hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, You may if you believe with all of your heart that Jesus is the Christ. And we're told in Romans chapter 10 verse 10, If you believe in your heart that he is the Christ and with your mouth confession that he is the Christ, you shall be saved. What does saved mean? It means you can make the change you need to make in your life. Let Jesus come into your heart. Let him start making those changes. How do you do that? Read the scriptures. You've been reading the scriptures lately? Read the New Testament. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read about Jesus. Read then the the rest of the epistles. But read and feel, open your heart. Read with your heart. My sister, when she was dying, she said, Bill, I don't understand your faith in Jesus Christ. And I said, Pat, what's the problem? She said, well, I read the Scriptures and I'm not getting the same thing out of them. And I said, you need to be reading the Scriptures with your heart. If you're reading the Scriptures with your head, you're not going to get it. Open your heart and say, Lord, tell me what to do. Tell me where I am. What I need to do, fill my heart with your word. May God fill your heart with his word and give you power to make the change you need to make in your life this year and every year. Let's stand and sing together the song we selected.